Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Jean Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, magnificent people, and welcome back to the Journey Home Podcast. I have such a special episode for you today because it isn't just me, it isn't just me and a guest, but it's me and three prestigious, important, incredible guests here today on the podcast. This episode is called Haley and the Fairy Crone Mothers, and you might be thinking, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> well, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to the three women who are really behind the journey home with me. The three women who hold such glorious space for the whole community inside TJH, but also for me as well. And it I've been feeling all the feels this morning as I've as I've been prepping for today's episode because it just feels so special. So I have here with me Debbie. Say a quick hello, Deb. Hello, Deb. <laughs> That's Deb for you. <laughs> We've got Megan. Everyone knows Megan. Meg, say hello. Hello, everybody. And we have Lizzie. Lizzie, do you want to say hello? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Yay. Now, already you heard three very different accents there, which is already one of my favorite parts about this beautiful group of women that I have in front of me. And Debbie, Megan, and Lizzie are my self-proclaimed fairy crone mothers. Now, before you think, I said that to Bevan, and Bevan was sort of like, thought that that was offensive that I was calling you crones and I was like no Bevan it is such an honor to be in crone energy and Debbie Megan and Lizzie all hold this beautiful crone energy Debbie you hold a very motherly crone energy but Lizzie and Megan this very beautiful crone energy and what I'm trying to explain to you what these women mean to me and it's really difficult <laughs> So I'll tell you the story of how Debbie, Megan, and Lizzie became my fairy crone mothers. And it all has to do with when I was going through my shift from soulful journaling to the journey home. As I felt called into the expansion of my business, I was called into the expansion of my membership and of my community. And I was thinking, how the heck am I going to do this? And I was thinking, how am I going to do this on my own? I couldn't seem to figure out. I knew that I was being called into this expansion, but didn't quite know how I was going to hold it all. 
And then I had a glorious Gene Key session with Elijah Parker, who is the wizard of the Gene Keys. He is just absolutely phenomenal. And he took one look at my at my Gene Key profile and he said, how about you bring in some of the women from your community to, to help you in this expansion that you're being called into? And I said, oh, I said, Elijah, I mean, I would love nothing more than that, but I just can't afford to employ anyone right now. And that is totally my vision. I, I absolutely dream of being able to have the Journey Women Home come in and, and be part of the business. But maybe that's not going to happen for a few years. And he said, well, maybe you need to reframe how you're looking at that. And he said, I'm sure that there would be women in your community who would want to come and help you. He said, I'm sure there would be women in your community who might love to volunteer their time or they might love to come and just exchange you know, for services for just a couple of hours a month of work. He's like, what might that look like? And I thought, holy shit, Elijah, I had never thought about it that way before. And so as I sat with that idea and I thought, oh my gosh, it felt so expansive and nourishing to my soul instantly to think of some of the women from the journey home coming in to support me and coming in to expand with me. And Instantly, it didn't even take me more than a millisecond for the three names to drop into my heart. Instantly, I knew it had to be Debbie, it had to be Megan, it had to be Lizzie. And I was so nervous to ask them, <laughs> so nervous to ask them because I was thinking, oh, you know, who am I to ask these women to come and, and give their time for for something that I'm building and I had to work through some shit to even get to the point of asking and when I built up the courage and as I asked each woman I was I got a reply from each woman in tears each woman replied in tears saying that their heart and their soul was so cold and that it was we're all tearing up on the screen now together you can't see us but it's happening saying that they felt so called to to be in that space and it was like a div it was just divine the the connection the um coming together and so as i gathered my little village of women we popped us all into a voxer group together and I named it the Fairy Chrome Mothers <laughs> because these were the three women who had gone before me who, you know, who are between between 23 and 33 years older than I am. So definitely like a generation before, two generations before who have gone before me, who are here just holding me, but holding our entire space. And it is the most reciprocity I've ever experienced in relationship other than my marriage, where um, I I am there mentoring these three women. They each in, have been in or are in one-on-one -on -one containers with me in the journey home, and it's been so beautiful. But equal, I get the equal amount from them. It's just such a beautiful reciprocity between us. And so these these beautiful women are really behind the scenes holding the vision for TJH. They are behind the scenes holding the hearts of the women inside this community. They 
actually holds space inside the membership where they each have their own place. Debbie runs a craft corner. Megan runs messages from Gaia where she shares um, different videos and ponderings on the dream arc. And Lizzie runs the contemplation station, sharing the most incredible deep contemplation. So they actually hold space, but it's more than that. It's holding energetic space. Um, it's the place I get to come um, with ideas as a sounding board and they come with ideas. It's a place I come when I need support. It's the place that I feel safe to come when I'm in tears, when when I'm needing to say, hey, guys, I, I just need to be held right now. And so that's that's a snippet of what the fairy crone mothers are. I actually wrote in my journal this morning, I wasn't planning on sharing it. It was just my own journal entry, but I thought it'd be a great way to sort of share with you from my heart what what these women mean to me. And so I've written here, 16th of December, 2023. Today we're doing a Fairy Crone Mothers podcast episode and I'm feeling so grateful. So grateful to have built these relationships with three phenomenal women from three corners of the globe. To have three mothers three spiritual mothers, three homes that I know I'll always be welcome in, three hearts and souls that I know and I see so transparently, three lives and stories that I've had the privilege of witnessing unfold, three souls I was invited to journey into and alongside. The gratitude overflows from my heart knowing these three women stumbled into my life on Instagram through no coincidence knowing that I always have someone to go to who will understand, knowing I have someone to share my wins with who will understand and celebrate with me. These women have become like family to me, my fairy crone mothers. I would consider myself lucky to even have one, but I have three. Megan, the mystic in the mountains, Lizzie, the fire-filled heart warrior of light, and Debbie, the universal mother with a super ochre accent. <laughs> My glorious fairy crone mothers. And oh, I'm having all of the feels. And another name for us, we are also, they are my fairy crone mothers, but together, the four of us, our name is the Well Maidens. We have called ourselves the Well Maidens. And the Well Maidens stands for holding space at different corners of the globe where we're just holding a sacred space of a well where women can come and drink, where women can come and take their fill. We're not out there forcing anyone to drink or trying to scramble to find people to drink, but just waiting, waiting by the well where you are always welcome, where you will always be just, you will be hugged, you will be held, you will be loved, you will be heard, you will be seen. And so we have Debbie in Australia, we have Megan in Idaho, and then we have Lizzie who is in the UK. So we really do span the globe. And so today, it it was right from the beginning of the podcast, I thought, well, I need to do an episode with the Fairy Crone Mothers. And I'm so excited that today's the day. And, And today's episode is just going to be about sharing our hearts sharing our vision, sharing a bit about themselves as well so you can get to know them a little bit more and just to dwell in this energy, this energy of what it looks like to move into the new era of business. The new era of business looks more like family. It looks more synergistic. 
It looks more like people coming together with their genius and celebrating each other instead of being in competition with one another. And this is what I felt called into with the journey home to to absolutely just rewrite the way that business even needs to look. And for me, it looks like this. It looks like gathering my soul family from around the globe and coming together to share our hearts and and doing it not so that we can make more money, but so we can just create and cultivate more love. And so that's what you're going to be witnessing today, that energy and what, what that can look like. And so thank you so much for being here, my beautiful fairy crone mothers. <laughs> and so we're going to begin just with um, I'll just open space for each of you to introduce yourselves briefly before we dive in. I have questions for you and then you each have come with a question. Um, and so it's going to be amazing. But Deb, you're next to me. Would you like to go first? Debbie, the universal mother with the super ochre accent. <laughs> Thanks, Hayley. <laughs> <laughs> I loved just watching everybody there on the screen then. There was lots of tears and it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, so my name's Debbie Fingst. I live in Australia. I am living on a little tiny farm that, well, I suppose we call it tiny here because Australia is such a big, wide open place. It's 82 acres. Um, I don't know what to say really because, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm just an ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill Aussie who happened to stumble into a place where yeah, it just felt like coming home. So for me, I just I'm so feel so blessed to be amongst these beautiful women. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I've got sisters and daughters <laughs> amongst you all. It just it just feels like the most amazing place. So I, I just feel like I'm an ordinary person that, you know, sometimes we stop and think that we don't have a lot to offer, but we don't realise how much we have to offer. Mm. Um, and I come into this not thinking I had a lot to offer and am quickly realising how much I actually do have to offer. So, yeah, that's that's me. <clears throat> Thanks, Deb. Oh, that's so beautiful. Megan, I mean, people have met you before on the potty, but this may be the first episode they're listening to. So let's let's hear an introduction from you, Megan. Certainly. Well, I am truly a crone. And so Bevan knows the actual meaning of a crone is the crowned one. And I've earned my crown. You know, I'm in the third stage of my life. I'm a mystical artist living in the mountains of Idaho. And I have a tinier property than Deb. (laughs) I only have 23 (laughs) acres. (laughs) But it has beautiful forests. And um I spend my days with my sweetheart and my cats and making art and, of course, doing spiritual studies and working with the journey home in inner journeys. Yeah. So that's me. Sounds like the dream. The dream and, life. You know, it is. You and, you know, I, I did. I I. I am living my dream. Absolutely. And uh, in fact, beyond my dream, I'm not sure I could have dreamt this wonderful life. Yeah. But I am certainly um, enjoying it. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Lizzie, would you like to introduce yourself? 
Hi there. So I'm Lizzie, and you might be able to tell from the accent I'm Scottish, uh, but I actually live in England. I live in the southwest of England, really close to Stonehenge. So I live in the most amazing place in the world. It's just so beautiful. Mm. Um, I came here because I'm I'm married to a Wiltshire man who is the love of my life and and I feel a bit like Megan just wrote the script for my introduction because <laughs> I too am definitely in my crone energy. I'm I'm 60 but I feel younger mm. in my heart than I have ever felt in my life. I I I get happier every day and yeah I'm I'm living way beyond my wildest dreams. I could never have imagined that my life could be as good as it feels now. You. And you've got quite a lot to do with that, Haley. Oh, thank you, Lizzie. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. So now that you've met the beautiful fairy crone mothers, the well maidens. I thought that we might start the conversation with when we first, um, when we first created this sort of village, because that's really what it is. It's we're, we've created a village. I see the Journey Home membership as a village, and then the wider community, including Instagram and the podcast, is like it's like the wider village, right? And as as we were embarking on this journey, Megan is so visual in the way that she sees things and describes things. And, and she described what our village looked like one day and, and what roles we had in the village. So I thought, Megan, it would be so beautiful to just begin with you describing what our TJH village looks like and, and what roles we each play in that village. Well, certainly. So this village has a fairy tale feel to it. So not not modern buildings, of mm. course, you know, because we have these these beautiful wells, obviously, in this village. Yes. And um, we've got Debbie right there downtown running the general store. And she has right next to the general store, this beautiful town gathering space where there's room outside during the good weather and then a lovely beautiful place to do crafts and meetings and that kind of thing. And then Lizzie runs the library and bookstore and has a tea room, of course, absolutely has a tea room. Haley is our mayor and runs the tour guide company. <laughs> and then I'm the wise woman in the woods and have a little cabin just on the outskirts, just inside the forest. And my street sign keeps moving. So few people can even find me because that street sign just, I think it has legs. It just keeps moving around. <laughs> oh my God. That's our village. And it's an interesting thing since I first envisioned this village, I used to live way up on a hill, really hard to find. Now I'm much closer to the village, even yeah. though the street sign moves. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie and Debbie and Haley can always find me, though. <laughs> yes, we can. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And, you know, every time you describe that, I so imagine the village where if there was like a bakery and a diner and there was like a movie theater, all the different places, Debbie would work at all of them. <laughs> It'd be like... um. Has anyone seen, um, oh, what, 
Shit's Creek. Has anyone seen Shit's Creek? And the mayor of Shit's Creek, he's just like everywhere. Like Debbie would be like that where you you go to the craft shop and it's Debbie and then you go to the diner and there's Debbie behind the counter being like, hey, love, what can I get you? And you're like, oh, it's, it's her again. <laughs> She'd just be everywhere. <laughs> oh, Debbie's always there to give you a hug and get you what you need oh so fantastic I love it and I saw that Lizzie was very excited to be the bookstore runner she would I mean Lizzie you pretty much live in a bookstore Lizzie's home is full of books it's just beautiful and the way Lizzie articulates herself with words oh it's just it's glorious so thank you for that visualization Megan I feel it helps our listeners to really feel (laughs) the essence of of what what this hub of women is all about and so we're going to dive into some questions ladies where we'd just love to know more about the essence behind your inner work journey and what it really looks like to be a woman who's living a life of the inner work because the three of you really are and the three of you have been doing inner work for a long time before you ever met me as well and so I think it's just I think it's so helpful for us to be able to see behind the scenes and behind the veil of what inner work looks like for different people, what inner work looks like for everyday, normal, run-of-the-mill humans like Debbie described, right? We're not monks or we're not people dedicated to meditating for the rest of our life. We're not, you know, these people who are just our whole life is about this work. We live everyday lives. We all have husbands. You all have children. There, and, and what it looks like to do the inner work in that type of life, I think, is so valuable. It is of utmost value for people to hear about so they can apply it directly to their own lives. And so my first question, and we'll start with you, Debbie, and we'll just go through, is I would love to know how did you first begin journeying inward and I know like for some of us we could literally answer that question over like 5,000 hours but the short version of how you first started going inward and yeah when did that inner path begin for you Deb do you want to go first my god what a question and you're right it could go on forever and ever and ever um for me I think mine's been very similar to yours, Hayley, where chronic illness actually came in and hit me really hard in 2016. Mm. And I just kept getting hit one after the the other with another, you know, either accident or chronic illness or injury. And and if it wasn't me, it was my husband or there was just life just got on a really big roller coaster and it just went down and down and down until the day that um, I'm, I am going to make this really short. <laughs> to- <laughs> believe it or not, (laughs) Um, to the day that I actually had a car accident. Hubby and I had a car accident. I was driving and we were hit behind by um, a car with a trailer on it and that flung us around because we we were actually stopped, ready to go into our driveway. It flung us around in front of another truck and that truck came in and it hit us. And I can remember sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I'm never going to see my husband again because he was in the passenger seat and I was driving. And when the dust all settled, we were both still alive. And I still, I, to this day, I still do not know how. Mm. Um, I know the why because it wasn't our time. Um, but when we actually got back from the hospital from 
you know, getting all checked out and everything, battered and bruised. We sat up all night and I can remember sitting there and just saying to my husband, Daryl, this is it. It stops now. Mm. All negativity, everything just stops now. There's, there's always a pivotal point in your life where something happens that just goes, no, this is it. This is where it stops. And I think from that moment onwards, I know that I start, I can't even remember when we started um, talking Hayley, but it was a long, it was a long time ago. Mm. And I started reaching out to Hayley because you offered journaling prompts way back when. Mm. And I remember I did that and I started meditating and I started journaling. I've always journaled on and off for years and years and years. But for me, that's where my mine actually started and it's just got on it's just got better and better and better ever since and it's had the biggest life-changing you know that events that I could actually ever do in my life mm. was just true that one moment in time saying saying to myself this is it um I got really honest with myself and decided no you know the crap stops now yeah and the good starts and it was from there that everything for me just unfolded yep mm. oh and how grateful we are that you and Daryl survived that car crash yeah. and that it became that pivotal life-changing moment for you because you're right so often it's a crisis that yeah. ignites for us to to walk this in a road so thank you for sharing Debbie it's so special Lizzie let's go to you next I know that you have been doing inner work decades before we met each other. So I would love to hear what took you there. I have. So, yeah, 20, 25 years, more than 25 years of journaling. Um, my, my son was um, about 18 months old. I was in a pretty dark place and a woman that I know or I knew at the time, um, she just completely out of the blue with no sort of preamble, handed me a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And she just said, I think you need this. So I started to look at it and it's it's a, it's a voyage of um, sort of artistic recovery. And I've always wanted to be a creative, but didn't think I was at all creative. Thought I was like brainy, but not a bit creative. Um, and I came back, line one energy, <laughs> I sat down and I said, right, I'm going to do this whole thing, 12-week course, beginning to end, and I'm going to do it exactly the way she's laid it out in the book. And I did. And the, the main tool that she uses is Morning Pages, which is three pages down and you just write for three pages. So I started doing that and I found that I couldn't stop. I was writing way more than three pages and... And it was just one breakthrough after another. It was just one, oh my God, discovery about myself after another. And I I got to the end, well, I, I, I was only a few weeks in and I knew I was doing what I had to do. I knew that, I, that this was the way I had to sort my shit out, basically, because mm -hmm. I had a lot of shit to sort out. And that started a journaling practice that I just haven't stopped. Mm -hmm. And I still, you know, 25 years down the line and I'm still writing every day. And even, even on days where I might have a mega busy day, I'm, I'm like dead. So I'm up 
early every morning and and I will write. It doesn't matter what else I have to do in that day. If I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning mm. so that I can spend that time sitting with myself and my journal and I do it every day. And, it's, oh. and, it, and it changed my life and it continues to change my life. So bloody inspiring. <laughs> 25 years. And I think that's such a testament. I know that um, I think people have said this to you before, Lizzie, where they're like, you've been writing for 25 years. How do you still have stuff to write about? Haven't you like, haven't you written about it all yet? But that's, that's where we find out the truth when we start doing this work is as you peel back layers, it just keeps getting better and better and better and better, you know? So to be 25 years into this work, it's just like, oh. and, and you, I see that. I see you being 25 years into your work in the way in which your breakthroughs come. You know, it may seem that, you know, when we're in our container and we're doing gene keys or something that, whoa, that landed so quick for Lizzie and it just boom and it changed her life. But no, it didn't land so quick. It's built upon 25 years of inner work and journaling. So, um, so inspiring to hear that story, Lizzie. So thank you for sharing. So it's really interesting when you said there, Haley, about um, peeling back the layers, because I was thinking today about how I first connected with you. Mm. And I remember seeing this post you did on Instagram last year sometime. And it just, it blew me away. You were standing there and you're like at your bra or something. And you had the real me written on your chest. Mm. And then you were putting on and you were like, how many layers deep is your true self buried and I thought I have I've have got to get to know this woman because oh. you were just talking my language and the more you kept just kept putting on layer after layer of clothes and I was just like oh my god yes that is exactly what it's like the wow. real me is buried under all these layers and I'm 25 years in and I'm still digging through the layers Wow. Oh my gosh. That I actually saw that reel come up the other day when I was just going through trying to get just inspiration, see what I posted in the past and thinking about what I wanted to do. And I saw that one pop up and I was like, oh, I remember doing that. It was such like this idea dropped into me. I was like, I have to do that. I have to do that reel. And I knew it was important because I knew it was going to hit someone really deep. But then after it, I just never really knew if it did. And you've just answered it for me. It was you. It was you all along. That was who that rule was for. I knew it was important. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Mm. Thank you for sharing, Lizzie. Megan, how did you come to be an inward journeyer? Um, I'd been a seeker on and off all of my life, knowing there was something else. But it didn't, didn't become a priority until I had uh, retired. And I had just married my now husband, was absolutely madly in love, and had a hip replacement, which was great. It was wonderful. I didn't have to be on pain meds. You know, I'd had a bad hip for a while, and I didn't have to be on pain meds, et cetera. So we had this lovely first couple of years up here um, in Idaho, and uh, my other hips started to go out. And I started living with chronic pain again, mm -hmm. the second time. And this time I didn't want to take medication. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to dope myself up. 
So I started seeking in the way of meditation to help with pain relieving. And then that was like a gateway, quote, drug to inner work, (laughs) meditation, you know, and then just continuing to find reasons for what was going on. Why is it I couldn't move easily with my body? What was going on? And just, I just started peeling things back from there and found, you know, human, we talked about this in another podcast, but found human design. And then I found the Gene Keys in 2020. And that's when the real work began. And then I found you a year ago and um, came in the same day as Lizzie did. And um, yeah. And in the meantime, I've had a second hip replacement and I have no chronic pain at all now. Both, both hips are working great. So. <laughs> I love that. And even in like your earlier years of life too, Megan, I know that you did stuff with like mystical schools and Tony I Robbins did. and all that sort of stuff. I like did. what yeah. led you to that back in the earlier times too? Oh my gosh. Um, I just have to say that it's an, an innate, it was an innate pull. Yeah, from it's almost like universe itself was saying this is going to be something very important in the future. You you mm-hmm. really need to start looking at this, and so it's almost like little waves of. Then I go into you know ten years of raising my kids, you know, and yeah. then watching my first husband die, and then you know so. But in the meantime, yes, I went to mystery school. I did the firewalk with Tony Robbins and um, a number of different different mystical things so the it's the call has always been there yes I was going to say it's now, always been yeah. knocking at your door you know it has but now it's I answer daily mm. oh so beautiful yeah. and and how we see through the four of us the commonality is that there was crisis that led us into the deeper inner work. Because like myself, I also had dabbled in other kinds of personal development. I've always been interested in being a better version of myself and that sort of thing. And I do a bit and forget about it and like get distracted by what else was happening in life. But it took for crisis for me to be that big wake-up call to really burst through the inertia of of truly going inward not just sort of going in and pretending but really going in um yeah and in that we see how suffering is the portal to grace we see that suffering is the portal to true heart expansion knowing ourselves grounding into who we truly are and and all four of us are living the best life that we've ever lived at the moment because of entering through a portal of crisis and so already it shows us something about life that these can be some of the worst things that happen to us can turn out to be the biggest blessings in disguise as well so thank you for sharing little snippets of your story I know there is so much more to each of your stories that I would love to share more about but that was a beautiful introduction snippet so my next question for each of you ladies let's chat a bit about the journey home, because I know that each of you loves the space, contributes to the space and um, values the space. And 
Lizzie and Megan both came in, like you said, on the same day, a few months into the journey home. Deb, I think you were like one of the first people. To, like she was waiting at that computer to hit the sign up button when it opened. And Deb had been journeying with me through soulful journaling right from early on. Like I probably had less than 200 followers when you first found me, Deb. Um, and we've been journeying together. But I'd love to hear what does the journey home mean to you? And when I say the journey home, I don't just mean the membership, but I just, I mean the community at large and the connection and the experience. What does it mean to you to, to be part of, of TJH? Um, we'll go with you first again, Deb. I think it's actually the best thing that I've ever, it's so incredible. Um, for me, when I started my inner journey, I felt very alone. Um, even though I had you on the other side of the world, well, not on the other side of the world, but, you know, continent over the away. sea, <laughs> over the sea um, I felt, still felt very alone and I felt like I was travelling this road, inward road by myself and that I didn't have support. And I remember when I first started this, that particular year, I actually called it my journey home, the, the journey home year. And then when you started the membership and you called it the journey home, I'm like, oh, I've got to be there. I've just got to be there. There's just no ifs and buts, which is why I was waiting with my finger on the buttons, like <laughs> just open the damn thing so I can join. <laughs> um, it, for me, it was it was all about community. It was all about, you know, just having other women around that were experiencing similar things because I didn't have that. I mean, I live mm. out on a farm and when you're on mm. a farm, you just don't go anywhere. Yeah, you know, I didn't have community anywhere else and I didn't have, I didn't have, especially in my family, I didn't have anybody else who was doing what I'm doing. Mm. And I felt like I was, you know, blazing the way for everybody and I knew it was really important with what I had to do, but I just didn't have that support. So mm. for me, yes, you've got all these learning tools and everything in there, but it's the stories. It's the stories mm. that the women come in and they write and they talk about. And, you, you know, just from that share that somebody does, something else will drop within you. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it it's just the most amazing place. It's my safe place. Mm. It does feel like I go home every single time I go there. I feel if I'm having a really crappy day, it's the first place I go and the last place that I go. Mm. The absolute first and last. And it's just, for me, it's just been the biggest, the biggest gift. And I, and I, I wish that more women really understood what it's like to sit in community, to not be judged, to full-heartedly go in mm. absolutely full full-heartedly go in and just know that you are held so safely and mm. I suppose that's that mother's nature coming out in me yeah <laughs> sure is mama Deb mama Deb but you're so right Deb like it makes me think the essence you're describing feels like the essence of the campfire which is our monthly women's circle where the women share what came up for them in whatever we're digging into. And it always causes something else to drop in for another woman. Like I think it was one time when you had shared something, Deb, and then Faye shared and she was like, I just have to say, Debbie, what you just shared just 
I had an epiphany from what you shared. And this is where that support and feeling held and feeling like other people understand because, yeah, many of us that are on this road and who are wanting to know ourselves deeper and are wanting to just bring more fulfillment and happiness and purpose to our lives, we're not necessarily in families or friendship groups that are on that same voyage. And that's okay. That is totally okay. However, you get to come and find community like this one where you don't feel alone anymore and you can feel supported and that allows you to then go into your families and your friendship groups and and feel so much sturdier. You gain that core stability and that groundedness in your own family because you have that support elsewhere. So thank you for sharing that, Deb. So, so beautiful. Lizzie, for you, I mean, I know you love the journey home so much and the journey home loves you. Um, I'd love to hear what what it means to you. So um, I first came into the journey home on, you did a seven-day journaling challenge Mm -hmm. uh, that started on Boxing Day last year. And I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And as soon as you put that post up about doing it and you could get a week inside your membership I thought I've got to check this out I've got to do this and I literally it was like it was coming home Mm -hmm. Uh, you know literally from day one of being inside the membership I knew that that's where I wanted to be Mm -hmm. I knew that I had found the place that I had been looking for my whole life Mm -hmm. I've been I've it's it can be a lonely road doing the inner work and and I've been a bit of a loner most of my life. I've I've always felt like mm. I've been on the outside. And suddenly I was in this community of women who spoke the same language as me, mm. who got me, who didn't judge me. Like it was like you had looked inside my head, Haley, mm. and so exactly because I'd been thinking about doing some sort of Facebook membership myself because I used to do a lot of posts about journaling but I just knew I was never going to do it but it was kind of like a dream Mm -hmm. but it was like you had looked inside my head and saw what I wanted to create myself and made it better Mm -hmm. and it was like you know wow like this amazing just it was just so it was everything I wanted and everything that I didn't even know that I wanted. And it's it was really interesting to hear um, Megan describing the, the village. Um, I had a, I don't know if you remember this. I shared something that I wrote in my journal with you a while ago, Hayley. Um, but I, I remember when I first joined the journey home, I felt, you know, um, and there was a fire in the centre. And I was right on the edge of the village, kind mm. of just looking in. And then I was kind of creeping closer to the fire until eventually I was brave enough to actually speak in a campfire. Mm. And now it's like I'm sitting at the fire and I'm I'm stirring the cauldron and mm. I'm sharing my journey. And it's just mind-blowing. It's just I'm like Debs. It's the first place I go every day. You know, I I it's I go in to check the well. I checked Voxer, first of all. That's my first stop, to check Voxer messages from you and yeah. see if there's anything from the fairy cone mothers. <laughs> um, and then I'm in the journey home and I'm seeing what the other women are saying. And it is, 
I, I'm, I'm exactly what Debbie said. I wish that I could get other women to understand how amazing it is to be part of this. Oh, and you know, Lizzie, my experience of witnessing you come into the journey home is so incredible. Like you came in and and you went deep into the courses straight away. And I remember even saying to Bevan, I'm like, Bevan, check out, check out the size of this woman's comments that she's leaving. Look how deep she's going. Like I was so excited. And and it's like every single comment that you left on something was like, Haley, I feel like you're literally speaking directly to my heart and my soul. And I was thinking, whoa, this woman is found the right place and it's wild to me that it was boxing day that means literally we're 10 days less than a year that I've known you and Megan which is ridiculous I feel like I've known you for lifetimes like that just feels wrong (laughs) I'm like what no didn't you birth me wasn't I in your womb you know (laughs) but I remember Lizzie when you were first in the journey home and I see you were loving everything so much. And I'd reached out to you and I was like, Oh, you know, are you going to come to the campfire? It'd be so great to have you there. And I remember you writing back to me saying like, Oh, I'm going to be honest. I, I really, I'm really nervous. I don't feel comfortable to come and, and to speak or be in a group. And I said, Hey, I said, it's totally okay. I said, come with your camera off. You know, you don't, I said, it's the journey home. There is no expectations here. You could come, sit back in the background. We will love you just being there. And, and you did, you showed up with your camera off. And then the next time you came and you put your camera on. And then the next time you came and you shared. And I was like, I cried the first time you shared because I knew how massive that was for you. I remember crying on the campfire and, and then from there it just grew and, then you came into the one-on-one Voxer space and then we were doing coaching and then, um, you know, it just kept, you just kept coming more and more and more closer to the fire, like you said, and and now you're leading circles. Now you're, and now you're on a bloody podcast. <laughs> like The woman that, that, that couldn't even feel comfortable to come to a women's circle is now on the TJH podcast. And I mean, that is to me is what this is all about, like stepping into our authenticity, stepping into just into ourselves, into our power and remembering who we are. And I have just loved witnessing all of your journeys, but there's been certain parts of your journey, Lizzie, that have just, you have me in tears so often (laughs) and I love it. (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing. So special. So special. <sighs> Megan, the journey home. What does it mean to you? <laughs> what does it mean to me? Well, boy, both Debbie and Lizzie have already said so much that's in my heart of what the journey home is for mm. me. The uh, The thing I might add is that I see this space as such an just brilliant example of synergy. Mm. And when you chose to have the three of us come to help you or to support you in um, the journey home, and then the way you approached us was 
you know, some of us probably asked, well, what could we do to help to support you? Right. Mm -hmm. And you came in and you basically said, whatever's in your heart. And what business does that? What business does that? What's in your heart to give to the journey home? You know, and I went, oh, well, you know, I've been wanting to make videos of myself going through my journey for like forever, but I haven't had a place to put them. And you said, well, then do that. (laughs) You know, and Lizzie's this brilliant, brilliant writer. And you said, well, do that. And then Deb, you just said, Deb, what do you feel like doing? And Deb said, you know, I just really want a crafting station. So do that. And it made this magical, synergistic offering almost to the universe, you know, of, of our geniuses coming together in union, in unity, which is one of your gene keys, celebrating both our similarities and our differences, which then allows all of the women in the journey home to do the exact same thing, you know? And whenever anybody posts, you know, that's Tiffany's genius. That's, you know, it just is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I love that too, like that whole essence. I think that's an important thing about business moving forward and expanding into the new era that we're moving into as humans is the celebration of people's genius and trusting that, you know, just trusting other people's genius. And obviously you don't just bring any old person in off the street and then you're like, okay, I trust your genius. Like you definitely, you build relationship and you get to understand people and know people. And then you're like, Hey, I just trust you to come and bring your genius. And that's exactly how I feel and, and how, how we do run this behind the scenes is I don't tell you a single thing to do <laughs> ever. Right. I just, all I ever say is do you follow your heart yeah. and whatever that looks like is perfect. You know, and if, if Deb wants to change her craft corner tomorrow to Debbie's sound bowls and crystal teachings, like I'm like, don't you don't even need to tell me, just just do it. Like I trust you. I trust you to follow your heart. And I think that because of that, and then we've built this trust between each other to follow yes. our hearts, that yes. we just know it's held. We know it's going to be completely okay. And we know that then I have a genius for like for me with my line five genius, I have a genius for efficiency and yes. sort of placing things together. And so that's just me and my genius. So we don't even have to, we're, we've self-organized. <laughs> that's what is exactly what I was going to say. That's the other part of synergy. It's self-organizing. Yeah. 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 It absolutely is. And, and I just, I love that because I think so often people have tried to do something like this where they're like, they like the idea of bringing together completely different people. Like the four of us are so different in personality, um, so different in, in even like the way in which we do in our work and the things that we share and people like the idea of it, but then they bring it together. And if there's a lack of trust or there's a lack of being in the heart and if it's too much in the mind, that's where it can lead to tension or things left unsaid or like someone trying to tell people what to do and then people not feeling comfortable and 
the intention was pure, but then the execution just never happened because there was the lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And so I have loved witnessing this because definitely at the beginning, there was a pang of nerves in me going like, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared of well, what, what's it going to, what happens when someone does something and, and I don't like it? What, what happens then? Right. And my heart just spoke through and said, well, then you just drop even deeper into your heart you know? Yeah. And of course there has been no issues in, in the last, what, almost six months now, not even, not maybe five months. Not quite. Yeah. Well, from when we first started even, you know, bubbling up our ideas around the culture and it's just been so, ugh, everything's fallen into place, but because we gave it space to do so. Mm-hmm. We yep. gave it space to do so and we hold space for each other's genius. And we really, the way that I I hold space for each other's genius, I know, Megan, you do the same. I think of us in our life's work lines. So we've each got our gene keys. So Debbie's a 23, I'm a 2, Megan is a 34, and then uh, Lizzie is a 39. But we've got Debbie and Lizzie are line 1s, I'm a line 5, and Megan's a line 6. And that holds very different energy and we really hold space for each other in accordance to that energy. And so me as the line five, yeah. it's that very leadership energy. It's that efficiency, productivity energy. It's the cast, the, you know, decide what we're going to do and then figure out how we're going to do it. And then Megan has this line six, she sees further. So like I, I often come to Megan for advice of like, how do you see this playing out or where do you think you know, what else could I do here? And she'll take it further for me. And then we've got Debbie and Lizzie who are line ones who are very like, mm, they're like, they're the cogs, like they're on the ground, like deep in, in the work and they're the creators. So they're just, there creating that beautiful content. They're there um, where. Mixing the cauldron. Yeah. Mixing that cauldron. Yeah. yeah. And like once Megan and I come with like those ideas, they can just boom, like ground them in, you know? And yeah. so I, I just love that dynamic and I love being able to work. So technically this is work, but it never feels like work, but in, <laughs> in technically my business, having you as the, the four, where the four pillars of this business for me to deeply know your gene key profile. Yes. That is that is business at ease for me because I'm always basing everything upon your gene key profiles and and where your genius lies and how that's going to work best for that person and that person and it just wow. It's incredible and I know that next year Richard's bringing out the star pearl which is a new part of the sequence which is really for businesses for people to be able to work in business with people's profiles to actually see this new age of business coming through so that we can be more supported in the way we create culture in the workplace and the way that we create businesses that actually like enhance the world instead of you know just bring destruction to the world. And I love that I'm getting to see this at play just in what we're doing. And and we're sort of flying by the seat of our own pants. We we don't have a manual. We've got gene key profiles and that's about it. We're figuring it out as we go. But as long as you trust, it all just falls into place. And so um, 
I think that's really the most exciting thing about what's happening here between the four of us is that, you know, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that. And so my next question is sort of weaved into that with, with the gene keys. And I would, I would love to hear from you. So you, you each really um, started the inner work, Debbie and Lizzie really started the inner work with journaling. And then for you, Megan, it was more meditation and artwork, art expression. Would love to hear how the gene keys enhanced your inward journey. So you were already on an incredible inward journey. What happened when the gene keys then came in is my next question. So Deb, let's let's start with you. What happened? Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> um, I think for me, the gene keys was really like a roadmap a roadmap to myself mm-hmm. um, and it really started to make me understand why I was doing things, how I was doing things and not only just that, that but how that actually affected the world. Mm. <laughs> I know. It's like it's the, it's the biggest, it was like the biggest aha moment for me and I'm like I'm, I've been going through this gene key journey for a while now and it's so funny. I've actually just decided to restart from the beginning again because I feel like I missed out on so much. It's so interesting. I think the further you go into this gene key journey, the more you learn about yourself, the more you realise there's still more to learn. Yes. And it's just like... First, the first time that I started doing this and I started digging into my life's work, I kind of feel like I skimmed over a little bit and I didn't really embody it, mm. you know, mm. that I was on it, like nearly on a study, a study journey. It's like I thought that I was going to be on a study journey, but all of a sudden I've realised it's not that you need to be able to incorporate this, the gene keys, with life with your everyday living and be able to, you know, work out how that actually fits in. And for me, it's just like since I've been on this GK journey, I don't know about everybody else, but I have waves of aha moments. Yeah. Where there's just all this stuff is just dropping in. (laughs) Debbie, for you, they're not aha moments. They're fuck me moments. Aha, fuck me moments. I know. You know, when I have a breakthrough or an epiphany, it's like, well, fuck me. (laughs) It's just like, I can't believe that I didn't see it before. It's just just like, oh my God. (laughs) It just, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, I just, and I'm having so many or more of them now Mm -hmm. than when I first started. And I can remember I felt like I was so deep into it that I felt like I was drowning a little bit, you know, but this time around, I don't, I feel like, I don't know. I took the pressure off. Mm. I took, I took the pressure off and decided that this is something that is so lifelong. I will never stop doing this. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know whether that answered your question or not, or whether it was just me rattling on again, but <laughs> I know I do that a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's just it's the most amazing thing mm, yeah I love it I love it and you know what sometimes we have to drown 
first for a bit to realize, to then be able to pivot and, and do it differently. And that you, you and you were drowning and it was just as important as now when you're floating on the surface. It's all part of it, you know, it's all part of the journey. And I love that you use the word roadmap. It's definitely one of the words I like to use. And and I feel like that was the main difference for you, Deb, because you were doing this in a work and you were digging into so many different places and like you were having such incredible epiphanies from like the the courses, the journeys inside the journey home and incredible but then as soon as you come to the gene keys it just gets laser focused on ah there and gonna dig there I remember when we first dug into your life's work which is the gift of simplicity and you just literally decluttered your entire home and I remember you found that you had 43 journals and you were like fuck me Haley. why have I got 43 bloody journals no wonder I'm no wonder I'm stressed <laughs> I've been accumulating all this shit because the the dilemma of your life's work gene key was accumulation. And didn't you have like nine mayonnaises or something? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've so forgotten about that. But you know what I have really discovered through my gene keys is that (laughs) decluttering never stops. Yes. Yes. Well, when that's your life's work, it will, you will get to a point where it's fully embodied. But hey, Sometimes doing the deep inner work is getting rid of your nine mayonnaises and your 43 (laughs) journals. Like this is also part of it. And so even when we think, and this is the thing, I've spoken to many people and Maddie had the same thought when we were talking about her gene key journey where she was like, I feel like I skimmed over it the first time and now I've come back and gone deep. But you didn't actually. It's just appears that you skimmed because now you're so deep in that that looks like the surface, but at the beginning, that was the deep work. Yep. The the decluttering the pantry and your wardrobe was the deep work. But now that you peel back that, those layers and you're at such a deeper level, you're looking up being like, oh, my God, I skimmed. But you never did. It was just you're just going the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. We actually never do skim. And so we need to give it. You need to give yourself more credit, Debbie, for how deep you had been going right from the beginning, right from the beginning. Thank you for that beautiful share. Thank you. Hmm. Um, I keep forgetting my order I'm going in. So we're just going to go with, uh, we'll go with Lizzie next. <laughs> Lizzie, are you still with us? I know that you're kind of in I... and out a bit, but I'll, I'll be editing to, to, to try and put your words together the best I can. <laughs> But we'd love okay. to hear, okay. you know. I mean, from from you, Lizzie, going from 25 years of journaling daily, deep inner work, I'm so interested to know, and I know that the listeners would love to hear, what did the Gene Keys do to, to shift your that inner work process 25 years in? This has been a completely transformational year for me since since joining the Journey Home. I mean, that, that was kind of the beginning of it because in that first week of, of being in the journey home, I I started the coming home journey before I'd even finished like the seven day challenge that I was in there to do. I joined right away and I was just straight in there and I just knew that I needed to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and I, I didn't really understand the gene keys. I didn't really know what they were about um, or, or that I was aware of. Um, but then you... You get. You were talking about doing one-off gene key readings, 
and I knew nothing about it, but my heart said, I have to do this. I just knew I had to do it. I was just like, right away, yeah, I've got to do this. And it just blew my mind because it was just exactly what, what Debbie said about a roadmap. It was like, you had just looked inside me and and saw exactly who I was and what my life was all about and 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 it was it was just mind-blowing and I just knew from right from the beginning I knew I had to carry on you know um and and dived into ignite your life and it's I actually, I, Megan and I were talking about this um, recently, and I actually said to Megan that when I started working one to one with you with the Gene Keys, was like it put my inner work on steroids <laughs> because I just went so deep, and and so much other stuff has just fallen away because I, you know, I have been journaling and I've been. I've been sharing my journal in journal when I started doing the Gene Keys that I can't write about surface stuff anymore. And that's why I'm so, I feel so lucky to be part of the journey home because I can, I can go on the comments. I can comment on Megan's um, videos and, and I can go into the contemplation station and I can tell the real truth about me. I can, I can just, you know, bear my soul and it's okay. And, and I've actually, I got, what would be six months into my Gene Keys journey and then you started doing Destined. So I've actually gone right back to the beginning and started again. And mine wasn't fuck me, Debbie, it was holy fuck <laughs> I was just like straight I thought I'd gone deep I thought I had gone deep first time round but Jesus I was like so I was right into that well I just dived head first into that well and it has been mind-blowing mm. and it has just it's it's transformed my life because my, my life looks the same from the outside but it has totally transformed my life because it has totally transformed me. It's just everything has shifted because the lens that I look at my life through has just clicked around so many clicks now. And and every day it, it gets a little bit clearer and a little bit clearer. And I just don't feel like I'm ever going to stop this. This is this is a journey of a lifetime. I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Mm. Mm. and that it's that energy in you Lizzie and in all of you is is why I felt so drawn for you to be the well maidens of the journey home it's the commitment it's the devotion like I don't need to even hear you say I'm going to be here forever I just know you are just through your energy through your frequency I just know you are you're going to be in this work forever and that level of devotion is just mm. I'm such a devoted woman and so to find women that match my level of devotion feels like I've come home 
and uh, Lizzie witnessing you, like how Debbie said that she's gone back to the beginning and this time around she's going so much deeper. And I was thinking, oh, that's exactly like for you, Lizzie. We went so deep the first time, but we're back in that life's work and we are deep. <laughs> We've been going into like the deepest aspects of the human journey together. We've been looking at death and we've been looking at trauma. We've been looking at like for the, the heaviest topics but it was the natural next step after journeying so deeply together for six months. And, and this is the nature of, of the journey. And it's, and this is where we can fear to start the journey because we think we have to dive into that on day one. But you don't. You, you start with the decluttering of your home. You start with the decluttering of your mind. You start with peeling back layers one, two, three, four, five. We don't need to worry about what it's going to feel like peeling back layer 100 because by the time you're there, it's just like layer one again because you build up this this tolerance. It's not even tolerance. It's You build up this heart space that can hold it all. And, you know, it's it's been so brilliant to witness you go into those depths, Lizzie, and I know it hasn't been easy. I don't want to, you know pretend like it's been all sunshine and rainbows hasn't been easy but by no means have you fallen apart you know it hasn't been easy but you you have been right in it and I've been right in there with you and it's been um I've I've loved it I've absolutely loved witnessing you um in in those depths so thank you so much for sharing thank you (laughs) Megan I mean, we heard from you last week on on the potty about um, the gene keys and you beginning your journey. But yeah, like, what was what's been the difference for you between living this life of being dedicated to meditation and and inner work versus gene keys? The gene keys, yeah. To use that wonderful idea of a map because it really is such a great analogy. Mm. Not only do we have a map and the map is the 64 gene keys and the whole path, all the paths, right? But we actually have our own personal route in that map, Mm. right? It's almost like, and this map, not, it's this map of this huge territory of human expression with the most delicious vocabulary Mm. that gives you the ability to really, really explore. That's why we talk so much about going deep because we've been given these words to do that, to be able to get, get in there. And um, the other aspect that we haven't talked about here is that it, it's like a personal spiritual prescription. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm able to touch God in my way, yeah, in my way, you know, and it's what a gift I've been looking for this my whole life. Yeah. Oh, I just love you so much. (laughs) Yes. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And it does feel like that once you, once you see it and you hear it and you just know that is that was the feeling I had when I found the jinkies. It was like that's what I've been looking for my whole life, and like I even had that experience last night. I was chatting with a, a friend from back in Australia. We were just chatting on Instagram, and she asked me a couple of questions. And then I was like, "Hey," because she was thinking about what she wants to do next in life. I was like, 
send me your birth information, please. I need to see a gene keeper. And I just sent her, I looked at her profile and I sent her about 5,000 voice notes, you know me, about a few different (laughs) things. And she was just like, that is me. And she said even like certain things before I even said it, she felt like she already felt like she knew what I was going to say. And then I said it and that is, that's that coming home experience just as much for someone that's never heard anything about their gene keys as someone who is deep in them. This is, that is the experience when you really sit with the transmission. So, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to leave you to chat amongst yourselves for one second because I'm going to wet my pants. <laughs> I have to let it in my cat. I'll be right back. When, when I get my voice notes from, from Haley in the, in the Voxer, she makes me cry nearly every day. I mean, I usually start my day by crying, but then when we do our one-to-one Zooms, we can have like an hour and a half. We were just laughing. I mean, we're talking about this really, really deep stuff, but we just seem to laugh all the time as well. So yeah, lots of emotion. Just so much emotion, which really helps clear the deck, doesn't it? It does. It does. It helps the flow. The inward journey should be equal parts tears and laughter, I believe. You know, it should be because if it's just all laughter, you're not quite going deep enough. And if it's all tears, you're not being lighthearted enough. Like it's it's the duality and you need to bring both of it to your inner work. And um, I love that. I've cried so much with each one of you, but I've laughed just as much with each one of you, you know. Like it's just brilliant. I love it. I love it gonna have to put that bit in even though I I'm technically back from my we now so we might just add that bit in <laughs> all right we have just a couple more things to chat about um I asked each of my fairy crone mothers to arrive today with a question whether it be a question for me or a question for for each other whatever it is um and so we're just going to fire away. Lizzie, do you want to go first with what question have you arrived with today? Okay, so following on from the fact that I'm in this for the long haul, this is my this is my path now. What do I do next? Where do I, you know, because I've got my, like, like Megan said, the, the golden path gives you your own personal route into this journey so I I'm already thinking even though I'm right back in my life's work in the activation sphere so I know I've got like another 10 now to go before I get to the end of um, the golden path and it's just where where do I take this next where where can this go yeah once you've you know explored all of that Oh, what a great question. Such a line one question. Like, how can I keep digging, please? Yes. <laughs> and it's a very Where does my next question. homework come from? <laughs> Where's my next workbook, Haley? So I really see, I mean, it's going to be different for everyone. However, once you complete your golden path, once you've done your activation sequence, your Venus sequence, and then your pearl sequence, Once you've completed that, you will know where the gaps are that you need to return to because you will, you will feel the whole essence of the whole journey once you've spent at least a month on each key. And so this is what I've done. And then I've been like, Ooh, and I've 
then gone back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend some time on my radiance. Well, then I'll be like, oh, I need to spend time here with my life's work and evolution. And then I went back and I spent some time with my core wound or um, now I've gone back and I'm doing the pearl sequence again. So life will always call you back to certain points in your profile. However, if you're never, if you're not deeply digging into a certain part of your profile all of the time, the way then it works is whatever's happening in your life, because life is always bringing you the next challenge. Life is always bringing you just whatever's going on in your day-to-day life. You're always going to utilize that as a reflection back into yourself that then goes, what's at play here? And every time that something's happening in my life and I'm like, okay, how do I navigate this? I always go to my profile and I go, what's at play here? What do I see happening? Or which one of my gifts would be best suited to bring through here? Or which one of my shadows is being triggered through this? And so I continue to use that roadmap. So that's really, you know, long-term how you will utilize that. But then the exciting thing is, is, is once you've sort of, You never complete your golden path ever because you will always be returning in that way. And you'll find that your heart will call you back into the Venus sequence maybe in a couple of years and you'll do that again. You know, there's people, there's gene key guides that I know have done the Venus sequence like 10 to 15 times. You know, like you you can keep coming back. There is no such thing as, as doing the golden path too much. However, like, yes, you can always keep coming back, but then there is a plethora of other places that your heart may also be pulled. So you may be pulled to the dream arc and you go and you take a voyage with that, which you can still keep, like the one sturdy thing that you will always have after you've completed your golden path is you will always return to your profile, always, no matter what, always. It's just going to integrate into your lifestyle, become part of your, it's become part of your language. You'll be journaling on it. You'll be thinking about it until the end of your days. And then you have all of these other invitations, whether you want to go and do another deep dive of the Venus or whether you want to go into the dream arc, or if you want to go and do um, some of the other experiences like the Delta program, or if you want to go and do the seven sacred seals, or if you want to do dare to be divine, or, you know, there's always new things coming out with the gene keys that you can dive into that your heart will call you to. But at the end of the day, if your heart's calling you nowhere, you just get to be in your own life responding to what's happening and then another thing that comes next as well Lizzie is once you've really understood your own profile you'll feel yourself being called into the rest of the keys you'll feel yourself wanting to follow the weekly pulse where you're learning more about the other um the other 53 keys that are make up the gene keys other than just what's in your profile and yeah you might find okay I'm really feeling called to work with this. It's not in my profile. And you spend a month digging into that gene key. You know, this is endless. It's really endless. Um, Does that answer your question? (laughs) It does. It does. I mean, there's part of me. I kind of know that I am, over the course of my life, going to study all 64 gene keys. I just know that that's what I'm going to do. Um, like the um the study group that you do inside the journey home, do like looking into those gene keys that are um you know the pulse for that week, that has been so illuminating for me. 
and and there's been some of them where it's like how is this not in my profile this is me yeah. this is this is definitely a play in my life so so yeah i mean i i can see even even if i were to exhaust all of the courses that they have on gene keys i'm just going to be i'm going to be with that book and i am going to be studying all of those gene keys for the rest of my life because i think everyone has got something to teach us absolutely and, and the words alone and yeah. I just adore the words. Yeah. They just blow my mind. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Thank and you, you have you have all 64 parts of the DNA in you. So you have all 64 gene keys and, um, you know, there are no rules. Like, and even feel safe to throw out the profile completely. You know, even if there was no profile, where would you dig? You know, so, and it, it's okay. Like you're safe to really take ownership of different gene keys outside your profile and and really see them bring you to life just as much as your golden path did. So, you know, it's a never-ending journey, which can can intimidate some people, but I know that we all have gotten to a point where we understand that that's the most exciting thing is that there is no end because we don't want it to end. You know, I remember, Lizzie, you were already in the boxer because you did Ignite Your Life, which... I advertise it as a four month journey and you were in like month two going, how can I keep going? But I don't want to end at month four. I'm like, it's okay. You can keep going if you want. <laughs> you know? And you did. So I, I absolutely love that. I love your zest for the journey. Great question. Thank you very, very much. Megan, what question did you arrive with today? Well, I would like to ask Debbie, how have the gene keys helped you with your chronic illness? Ooh, I love that question. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think the gene keys with my chronic illness has taught me not to play the victim. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Um, to really stop and really stop and have a look at, you know how why where and what am I doing what am I doing to play into this and I, I go I always end up back at my life's work with it simplicity complexity you know and it to me it's just it's that simple mm -hmm. it's that simple and when I look at it it's like well Deb are you simply playing the victim or are you making things complex by playing the victim or are you simply going to, you know, get off your ass and just stop, stop playing the victim? And yeah, that, I think that's for me, that's where it's actually come in. It's been, it's been a heck of a heck of a big journey. And I'm looking at it. I'm thinking there's three of us here with, with, you know, some form of chronic illness, chronic pain and the, the journey that the, the gene keys actually has us on, can pull us out of that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd never even thought about it before. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was a brilliant answer. Absolutely. Victimhood, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it all comes down to that in the end. Mm. I think like no matter how much we sit in pain, like a perfect example of this was last night, hence me sleeping in this morning to quarter past to 5, 15 a.m. You naughty um, girl. I know. So I'm <laughs> there's that laughter. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, 
because I, I, my, my chronic illness will, will always be ongoing. It's like most people I've got, I've got osteoarthritis plus so many other things, but the weather here has turned where we had storms last night and I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, fuck, I can't go to sleep. Why can't I fucking go to sleep? I'm so pissed off. I was cranky with Daryl. I was cranky with the whole world and I'm just laying there and I'm thinking, all right, okay, that's the complexity of my, of my life's work. Dig deep, what's really freaking going on here? And there was low-grade pain that I didn't even realise that I had. So I'm laying in bed and I'm going, all right, what are you going to do? Are you going to lay here and you're just going to let this, this crap keep happening? You know, you know, a, God damn, Debbie, you know a Panadol is going to help it. You just, you know a Panadol will help this low-grade pain. So I lay there for probably another five, ten minutes or so feeling very sorry for myself, very much in that victimhood. And at last I've just, <laughs> poor Daryl, I just went, oh, I know I've got to get up. <laughs> so I got up, I took my Panadol, I went back to bed in like half an hour's time. He was actually asleep, so I'd been keeping him awake as well. I'd got out of my victimhood pattern, I had like, taken responsibility for what was happening in my life. But it was like I had this whole process and I ran it through. The, it's like we were talking about. I ran it through the gene keys mm. to actually be able to. I would never have done that once. Yeah. I just would never have done it once. So there, there you go. That's just an example of me playing victim. And Deb, I love how you describe victimhood as complexity. And that's what your gene key teaches us. It's like, when I'm making it complex, I'm in victimhood because the heart being in the gift frequency will always have the tone of simplicity to it. And it's like, how am I overcomplicating this? How can I just make it simple? You know, how you're like, God damn, Deb, just get up and have a bath. <laughs> Wasn't really that hard, was it? <laughs> you know, you could add a little bit more self-gentleness there where you could be like, Debbie, I love you get out of bed and have a Panadol, but hey, we're getting there too, you know? God damn, Deb, have a Panadol. But that's also your endearing way you do use that language and it does have a tone of love to it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, it does. It does. <laughs> oh, great question and great answer. I love that. So, Deb, it's your turn for your question. What question have you come with today? Actually, my, my question's for you. Yeah. Because I think that through everything, through this whole big journey and everything that I've been on, um, relationships have come into it in a really massive way. I've had um, a year of relationships and the gene keys with that relationships and everything. I would like to know why and how learning about your gene keys is so goddamn important when it comes to relationships and how to actually do it simply. I know. And, and oh, so many questions around this, so many questions. And would you ever consider doing something like a masterclass on that? Oh, what a good question. <laughs> Huge question. So I will try and answer this simply. Um, and then on our podcast episode, Deb, maybe we can go even deeper into this. So the entire Venus sequence in the Gene Keys is dedicated to love and relationships. So there is that essential element. However, 
we learn through the golden path that before you get to the relationship stuff, you first have to know, love, and understand yourself. And that is where you begin with the activation sequence where you're activating your genius and you're creating your core stability so that you can grow your roots down, you're standing firmly in you. You know more of who you are. You might not completely know it all, but you know enough to feel grounded and to understand yourself and to understand what's triggering you in your shadow patterns, which then allows you to enter into the real work, which happens in your relationships. The most potent area of spiritual and personal development that exists within our lives is our relationships, our closest relationships in particular. And so this is, you know, simply put, let me try and put it simply, you activate yourself through the activation sequence. You create core stability. Then we voyage into your relationships because it is it's the place where you will expand the most. You'll think that you've expanded and that you have transformed so much in the activation sequence, which you do, but then you go into the Venus sequence and you go, what the fuck? <laughs> you go like, holy shit, I didn't even know what transformation was. And you start seeing it play out in all these different ways. And the gene keys will support you in your relationships in the most beautiful way because it they they will help you to disentangle your shit from other people's shit. They will help you to, we're so tangled up where we're all in, we're all in our, our relationships where we're wound together with our husband or with our parents and with our friends, not in a positive way right? Not in a, we're wound together because we're so in love, but we've wound our crap together where then the tone of someone's voice or the way someone leaves a drawer open can trigger something in you that then, and, and it brings out our shadow patterns. I mean, you put two people together. So let's look at a spousal relationship. You put two people together living side by side. It doesn't take long for us to see each other's shadow patterns which means they're the most potent place for transformation because you've got the perfect mirror, the perfect mirror back into your own self. And so your relationships become the voyage of a bloody lifetime. And in doing so, oh my gosh, how it enhances your relationship. I mean, the, the four of us entered into the Gene Keys already in healthy marriages, right? We were, and already deeply in love with our men. You know, it's something we have in common. We're very in love with our men. However, we've all seen such transformation in our marriages through the Gene Keys. Not because our husbands did anything different, but because we started to embody more of who we truly are. And that's, that's the simplicity of the Gene Keys working with relationships is it teaches us it only takes one person to change an entire relationship. And that person is you right? It's about taking responsibility and seeing things, seeing things shift by shifting the frequency within a relationship. And so, yes, Debbie, I absolutely am very interested in a proper, like I'd love to do a masterclass, but I don't know if I could do it in a masterclass. <laughs> There's so much to it. Maybe I could run a program. Um, I would love to run a Venus retreat, you know, how we're doing Destined right now, which is the activation sequence, I would love to run 
another program, but it's the Venus sequence and you dive deep into your relationships. But definitely in my one-to-one containers, Ignite Your Life, um, a lot of the time they shift, they have their seasons of being relationship coaching. Um, Definitely. I mean, each of you here, I have relationship coached in your marriages or in your your children's or like in your parents relationship I've I've been there deep in your relationships and I definitely do that with everyone and it's it's a passion of mine I am so passionate about seeing relationships thrive because I know it's possible because I've witnessed it in my own life and I I know how life-changing that is I know how nourishing that is. I know how fulfilling that is. And I know how much space it has created within me to bring my service to the world because I put the the effort into my marriage. And so I have this belief that everyone's can can flourish in that way. And I think there's a lot of us out in the world who are settling for a second best in our relationships, believing it's good enough believing all of the crap out there that good in a good relationship you should fight all of the time like that is just advice given by people who weren't willing to go into these shadow patterns and and want to enable their own behavior of a toxic situation that are teaching these things no your relationship doesn't have to look like fighting all of the time definitely not it can look so nurturing and nourishing and oh, this beautiful partnership and the gene keys can absolutely show you the way in a lasered roadmap. Like, boom, there you go. There it is. There it is. That is the reason why that's happening. And I love to, I love to guide people in doing that. So yeah, I mean, I've got, uh, I've got so many things I want to do, Deb. Um, <laughs> not, a, not enough time in the day, but it will come. It'll Thank come. You. Thank you for that because I think it's really important that people realise that women realise that it's not just, you know, we start this inward journey about ourselves but then it just it expands so much and it touches every every person around us. Yeah. And I think that um, I don't think people sometimes realise that, that it goes out into the relationships when we actually start digging within ourselves. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing about this journey is, yeah, you begin it for yourself and then you realise it was never about you. That's it. That's 100% it. And But we can only birth that true service by first going into ourselves. And that's the thing. We often go, okay, the relationship is struggling. Let me dive in there. But it's like, no, the relationship's struggling. Let me dive into me first and then come to the relationship. You know, I've had people reach out before and they've said to me, like, I had someone reach out in DMs and say that I'm, you know, I'm having some struggles in my marriage. Would you suggest that I just dive into the Venus sequence? And I said, no, I wouldn't. I said, begin at the beginning ground into yourself first and then come there and she was like Haley thank you so much for just being honest with me and helping me to put the brakes on and to navigate like where I need to go first instead of just going where I think I need to go you know like Mm, yeah definitely because you need that core stability first you do you do man you do (laughs) when it comes to working with relationships and especially the more difficult relationships in your life you need that core stability 
you just do. And it's the, it's the birthplace of your service and your love. And so it's important that we build that first. Um, but once you have, and you don't need to have it perfected, you just need enough. And once you have, man, it is the most beautiful journey. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to supporting more people through their Venus um, sequence. So thank you. So ladies, we're going to be finishing off our beautiful conversation by, I asked each of, of my fairy crow mothers to arrive today with a piece of advice that they would give to a younger woman, you know, maybe a younger version of yourself even. Um, a lot of the women coming into this space are, you know, in their 30s, sometimes 20s, but not even really. Like most of us in the journey home are, are more so 30s and beyond. Um, but having had so much beautiful, enriching life experience, you've all traveled so many roads in life, um, would just love to hear what would your advice be to, to the listener that's maybe she's at the beginning of her journey and what would you say to her? What would you say to her? Let's we'll start with you, Megan. What would you say to her? I would say the most important thing is to be kind to yourself. And um, forgiveness is self-forgiveness then helps you forgive everything, you know. Um, I think one thing I didn't realize when I was younger is that there is an inner me and then there is the me that meets the outer world. And I always thought the outer world was the most important thing because it's in your face all the time, right? The most important thing is your inner world. And so that would be my uh, advice is listen to your inner world and do everything you can to nurture that, to be kind to that, to listen to it. Yeah, that would be, I guess, what I'd say. Thank you so much. Wow. Such beautiful advice. Deb, what would your advice be? I love that, Megan. Um Building on that, I would say don't be frightened to get, here we go, to get fucking honest with yourself. Like, and I use that word because some of us can, well, for me in particular, can skim over it and not really work out what it is that I want that I believe in, it's like even to this, the point where when you're writing in your journal, and this I think this was the biggest epiphany that I had when I first started, was that I could write in that journal whatever I felt. And whether that, and I think this only actually happened this year, and whether that is that I'm so happy and, you know, putting all the good things in there, but also the things that really freaking hurt, you know, like my journals now, this is how honest I got this year. Like my son's gone away for 12 months and we're almost to the end of that 12 months, but I didn't let myself feel that pain. And my journal now has fuck me, Daniel, fuck me, Daniel, you know, pages and pages of pages where when I'm writing that the tears were flowing and I was feeling it. So it's just actually getting really into what it is that you feel. Don't be afraid. 
you can always burn the journal if you're fr- if you're frightened that somebody's going to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just be really, really deeply, deeply honest with yourself. It's the only way forward. Yeah, it is the only way forward. It's the fast track. There are no fast tracks in the inner work, but if there were, it would be the the track of honesty. Otherwise, we just beat around the bush, pretending like we're doing inner work. So I love that. The sooner that we get honest with ourselves, the sooner we will see the transformation that we seek in our lives. So isn't that perfect? And, And this is often why people don't really find the truth of themselves and their fulfillment in life until their later years because it took that many decades to get honest with themselves. And it took that many decades to get kind with themselves. And true self-honesty is birthed from self-kindness, from self-gentleness. It's not about, okay, I'm going to get harsh with myself and be harshly honest. When you get really gentle and kind with yourself, the, the kindest thing you can do for you, the gentlest thing you can do for you is actually be honest. Births at all. So they built upon each other beautifully. Thank you, Debbie. Such great advice. And Lizzie would love to hear your piece of advice. Okay. So my piece of advice, I would say, do not settle for less than you deserve in any area of your life. Because you are more worthy than you could possibly imagine. And when you love yourself, you can do anything. And it's taken me a long time to be able to take that advice myself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is such good. And that is so um, 39. Like your life's work is dynamism and liberation and that was such dynamic liberating advice you know one of the first things I said to you in our boxer coaching Lizzie that I you always repeat I said you were fucking magnificent and you were like yeah I am fucking magnificent and now you put it everywhere like it always pops up yeah oh I have one other piece of advice yeah please to the younger women out there don't wait until you're a crone. Join the journey home now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's that's always, you know, we often see this life-changing advice from people in more crone or sage energy, the male or the female, where they're sharing this beautiful life advice that they've figured out in their later years. And often it's on the deathbed, you know, often it comes from people in their eighties and their nineties saying like, oh my gosh, none of the stuff that I thought mattered, mattered. It was this all along, like spend time with your family, do the things that you love. Don't waste your time away chasing money and climbing the ladder. We don't have to wait until we're on our deathbed to realize that. And the reason why all of those epiphanies drop on the deathbed is because you're finally dealing with the fear of death because death's knocking on the door and the fear of death underlies all of our shadow patterns. And so we can live our life trying to avoid and escape that. And when you're on death's door, you can't anymore, which is why you, you dive in, you accept death, and then boom, you suddenly understand life. 
you can do that now, no matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what age you are, you can do that. I did that at 25. And here I am at 33, getting to sit amongst these beautiful women in their crone energy. And we're all at a very similar phase in our journeys. And so it's got nothing to do with age. Do it now. Do it now. There's so many precious years ahead of you, no matter what age you are. And it's always relative. You know, even if you're listening to this and and you're 70 years old, you could still have over 20 years left. What do you want to do with those 20 years? Then if you're around my age, 33, I mean, If you are around 30 years old and you're just beginning this inner work and you're thinking, oh my gosh, like it's, I've waited too long. It's it's too late. It's like, excuse me, (laughs) you could be here for 60 more years. What is that going to look like? I always love to think and ponder. I'm like, oh, when I'm 65, what am I going to be bloody doing in the world when I'm 65? I don't know. Like how exciting is that? Once you get on this path of inward journeying, age doesn't even matter anymore. Doesn't even matter anymore. The four of us are just like our little inner child. Our little inner children are just playing together. Megan and my inner children, they're on a camel. They just go through. We've got these inner children that are on camels just going through. Like, And then I know that Lizzie and I were like playing in like the, the Scottish Highlands, like running running about and Debbie and I are just probably playing in the sprinklers, getting getting prickles in our feet and, I don't know, eating watermelon. <laughs> you know, it's timeless. Once you go inward, it's timeless. This is how you access eternity, by accessing the true light within yourself. Thank you so much, Debbie, Megan, Lizzie, for being here with me today. But I mean, the thank you extends far beyond that. Thank you for being with me in life. Thank you for being the women I come to when I need a shoulder to lean on, someone to cry to, someone to laugh with, someone to celebrate with. And I just count myself so freaking lucky that I get to walk this road with you. I mean, what the what the heck? I mean what happened? <laughs> How did this even happen? You know, pinch me. Bloody I pinch me. Lucky once. Pardon? You're the lucky ones. We all have each other. We do. We do. Well, this won't be the last time you hear from the fairy chrome mothers slash well maidens on the TJH podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode, getting to know Deb and Lizzie, um, uh, because Megan is is always on the potty and she always will be. <laughs> but we'll definitely have Deb and Lizzie on for their um, solo episodes as well, so you can get to know them better and just get to soak up more of the wisdom they have to share, because. There is so much untapped wisdom just in the everyday woman that needs to be heard. And TJH is going to be a platform for that. The everyday woman changing the lives of the everyday woman. So thank you. Right. You could all say goodbye if you want to unmute yourselves and say farewell. Bye, Bye. everybody. Thank Thank you so so much. Enriching. Sending lots of love (laughs) out across the world. (laughs) Bye.
Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.